0: listener production Hello and you are very welcome to another episode of Huh Science Explained with me Emma Perfetto, a science journalist with Cosmos magazine Each week twice a week we answer life's questions big or small And today we are sniffing out the science behind our favorite 4 poored friends the domestic dog. Across the globe, where you find us, Homo sapiens, you won't have to look far before finding another species, Canus lupus familiaris, the domestic dog. But where did our porsum pups come from? Well, if you've ever looked at a picture of a wolf and a chihuahua, I wouldn't blame you for doubting me when I say that they shared a common ancestor thousands of years ago. But it's true domestic dogs evolved from an ancient, and now extinct, wolf. Using genetic analysis, researchers have estimated that dogs and wolves diverged around 27,000 to 40,000 years ago. But exactly when, where, and how many times they were then domesticated by humans has been puzzling scientists for decades. What we do know is this. They were domesticated in Eurasia, and they're humanity's earliest domesticated animal, predating agricultural animals like the goat and the sheep, which were only domesticated about 10,500 years ago. The earliest undisputed fossil from a domesticated dog dates back to about 15,000 years ago, from a site at Bonn-Oberkassel in Germany. Archaeologists found a 28-week-old puppy buried alongside grave goods and two humans. Dog-like remains have been dated to over 30,000 years ago, but their status as dogs or wolves remains highly controversial. It's unclear exactly why and how dogs were domesticated, though there are a few hypotheses. Some scientists suggest that a co-hunting partnership between wolves and humans led to domestication, with humans using wolves as tools for hunting megafauna. Another hypothesis suggests that humans may have captured and tamed wolf pups raising them to adulthood and breeding them to eventually domesticate them. But the dominant hypothesis in recent research is that wolves essentially domesticated themselves. Wolves may have invaded human settlements to scavenge animal remains and other edible waste. Over multiple generations, they became bolder and less fearful of humans, adapting to life as a scavenger and diverging from their wolf ancestors. Eventually, humans began to recognise the benefits of living alongside them, as either guards or hunting partners, cementing our relationship. A 2013 study even found that dogs have changes in genes involved in digesting starches, an adaptation that would have allowed their early ancestors to thrive on a diet rich in starch, such as the kinds of foods that humans would have eaten. So, how did we get from majestic howling wolves to the stumpy pugs we see today? Regardless of how domestication started, since then, humans have been selectively breeding dogs for traits that they find desirable, choosing dogs and their mates to reproduce useful traits like decreased aggression and increased social capability, or aesthetic traits like floppy ears or a shortened snout. This means that over time these characteristics become more prevalent in certain populations, and that's how we've ended up with the 356 different dog breeds recognised by the International Canine Federation today. Drawings and sculptures have depicted different types of dogs for millennia, but it wasn't until the Victorian era in England that dog breeds were first registered and codified. Competitive dog shows were created and rewarded dogs that perfectly represented the physical characteristics of their breed. And through kennel clubs, new rules for controlled breeding were introduced to produce a more uniform look for each distinct breed. This year, researchers found that humans may have also been unconsciously selectively breeding dogs to have more expressive faces. The muscles used to form facial expressions are called mimetic muscles, and they're composed of different types of muscle fibres. They found that humans and dogs have a higher proportion of fast-twitch muscle fibres than wolves in these muscles. This allows us to make small, rapid movements, like a raised eyebrow, and it suggests that having these faster muscle fibres may have contributed to dogs' abilities to communicate with us. Dogs have a remarkable sense of smell. In fact, it's actually amongst the best in the animal kingdom. Some breeds, such as bloodhounds, have up to 300 million scent receptors, while us humans only have around 6 million. Their anatomy has evolved to separate the functions of breathing and smelling when they inhale, thanks to a fold of tissue that sits just inside their nostril. When dogs inhale, the airflow splits into two different paths. One continues down into the lungs for respiration, while the other is reserved for olfaction. Dogs, but not humans, have an olfactory recess to house their scent receptors. When canines inhale, about 12% of the air travels into this special region at the back of their nasal cavity. When they exhale, the air leaving the lungs bypasses this area entirely, leaving the scent-filled air undisturbed To allow for more time for odours to be absorbed. The exhaled air exits through the slits in the sides of their nostrils, and the way that the air swells out actually helps to bring in new odours to the dog's nose, which allows them to sniff almost continuously. They even have mobile nostrils, which allows them to determine the direction of the scent. Humans have taken advantage of dogs' powerful noses, training them to use their abilities in a variety of fields with a scent detection limit often much more precise than lab instruments. They've been trained to sniff out and locate certain flammable products that cause combustion, like ammonium nitrate or TNT. They're used in detecting the scents of certain drugs, for search and rescue, and even finding decomposing human remains. Dogs can also detect changes in human physiology. This is possible because illness and disease causes changes in human cell metabolism, which changes the profile of gases, known as volatile organic compounds, that are emitted from our blood, urine, feces, skin and breath. Medical alert assistance dogs can identify changes in blood glucose levels for diabetics, and a 2021 study found that dogs can detect oncoming epileptic seizures from sweat samples. Recent studies have even shown that dogs can accurately sniff out certain cancers and infections like malaria and COVID-19. But it doesn't end there. This year, a small study has opened up the possibility that dogs might be able to use their sense of smell to recognise human emotions. Researchers tested dogs' abilities to distinguish when people were stressed and found that they could accurately detect the breath and sweat samples from stressed participants 93.75% of the time. Did you know that dogs are colourblind? Here's your handy tip for when you're choosing a ball to go play fetch with your dog at the park. Don't choose a red, orange or yellow one. Dogs are colourblind and can't tell the difference between red and green. When light hits the retina in the eye, it sets off chemical changes in cone cells, which respond differently to different wavelengths of light. Humans have three types of cones, which means we have trichromatic vision and can see all wavelengths of light in the visible spectrum as distinct colours. But, a 1989 study found that dogs only have two types of cones in their eyes. A 1995 analysis of canine vision found that these two types of cones are sensitive to wavelengths that, in the visible spectrum, equate to two different hues, one in the violet and blue-violet range of light, and the other in the greenish-yellow, yellow, yellow, and red wavelength range of light. So, from a dog's eye point of view, the world is a mix of yellow and blue. For wavelengths between those two extremes, colours would appear less saturated, like blends of white or grey. So next time, maybe try buying a nice blue ball that'll pop against that yellow grass. Thanks for listening to me talk about the science of dogs. I had a real ball. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out the Science Briefing, also available here on the Listener app. And head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Huh? Science Explained.